Hey guys, we're back with another week of the Close to the Mark podcast. Different day, different time, but uh, circumstances being what they are. Uh, same show. Same show. Um, actually, you you even get a little bit of a bonus because we're going to cover this week's Monday Night Raw as well as the, the, the events of the last week of wrestling. Boop it so I'm Charles. Corey, as always. And it's Close to the Mark. Let's get it. For another week. Um, so starting things off... Um, I guess first thing we'll do is talk about Monday Night Raw from last week. June 26th. June 26th Raw. Um, was it? I yeah, think it was I June, think so. June 25th. Oh, my bad. I thought it was 26th. Um, it just dragged <clears throat> on for so long. It felt like days. I, yeah, I thought it was just the next week. Yeah. Which is, ah. I mean, what would you think, man? Well, um, we did get a graphic in memory of Vader. Rest which, in peace. Which was nice. Um, and then we got... Um, Roman Reigns, um, you know... He lost. Well, we got Roman Reigns essentially saying that Bobby Lashley was nothing and nobody and never did anything, which actually he had a really impressive UFC record. Yeah. And it's odd because WWE acknowledges TNA now. Mm -hmm. Like, they acknowledge... Well, now they're out of business. They acknowledge TNA. TNA. They Good do not acknowledge Impact. Impact Wrestling. Yeah, they don't. So, yeah, but it's interesting because they acknowledge TNA when it comes to certain things, and they'll show footage when it comes to certain things. Mm -hmm. Like, they even showed the footage of Jeff when he was, like, was incoherent on drugs against Sting. Yeah, I think they'll show things that paint. If they'll show things that like is a is a blip on a on a other company's mm -hmm. world mm -hmm. because they're saying it's a double edged sword. Let me show you about Jeff, and I wonder if that's why this company's out of business because stuff like this happened there. Yeah, and I mean, and, and and you know, like if that happened when Jeff was in WWE the first run around, they would definitely never see it again. Never see it again. Yeah, they would have crisp and wad that. Right, but um, Is that controversial. <laughs> well, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say no, although it's. Um, know what I mean, but it makes yeah. it more extreme. Though. It's funny because that actually just came up. Did you see the Reddit thread um, that was on this past week about the most depressing or saddest or most tragic photographs in WWE history? Um, I do not think so, but I, I know... Actually, I think I did this ringing the bell. Is it something about like Eddie Guerrero or something? Yeah, there was there was a photo of Eddie and Chris yeah. from WrestleMania 20, mm -hmm. and I actually told the story of you were there. Yeah, I was there, awesome. and uh, so I actually maybe I'll tell it on the podcast one day. Um, you know, I think we should. I we feel should. like that's a hell, hell of a tease, man. Like, what's the yeah? Story? Okay, so I'll tell it on the podcast one day, and we'll 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 also hear your story of your experience at WrestleMania, yeah. um, because as we've mentioned on the podcast once before. Both of us have notes to compare on seeing Goldberg versus Lesnar at WrestleMania. I think everyone agrees mine was better from what I've read. Yeah, mine had uh, mine had better crowd chance. Mine had better match. Mine had Stone Cold Steve Austin. Mine had John Cena getting engaged. Hmm. Mm. I don't know if that tips the favor back in my <laughs> it's, anyway. it's slap in the face, actually. Now mm -hmm. that, ever, matter of fact, can I talk about WrestleMania just real quick? Mm -hmm. If you want to talk about the highlights of my WrestleMania, it's 34, 33? 33, yeah. 33. The two highlights of my WrestleMania, one of them was only a highlight to me, 
was Undertaker, Roman Reigns. Right. And we saw Undertaker's last match ever in WWE. The the hat, the coat, and the gloves left in the ring. Everything. 20 minutes. A solid 20 minutes. For this is the end. Yes. Thank you, Taker, mm -hmm. for 20 minutes straight. People are tearing up and crying. Right? It was big. I felt like I was part of something big. Yeah. And the other part, as far as the history of it goes, is going to be under John Cena getting engaged. All right. So now that John Cena is not engaged anymore right now, maybe it's a work, maybe it's not. I'm confused, but it's such a trash angle that I'm not actually trying to find it. I don't care. Mm -hmm. And The Undertaker is no longer retired. I don't think I need pros. I don't think I had any pros at all. You know? And that I mean, kind of there, sucks. Wasn't there something fun and cool that you um, saw? I saw Seth Rollins overcome his knee injury. For yeah. the win. Okay. But I can see that every Monday. That's true. I saw, oh, mercy. I saw the Cruiserweight Austin Aries versus, who was that? Austin, Neville. Versus Neville on the pre-show. Yeah. Can't see that again. I think it was Austin Aries' unless last match. Unless you're watching Ring of Honor next year. Yeah, exactly. So I saw that. Dean Ambrose was on the pre-show. I saw Rob Gronkowski. Hit oh yeah, yeah hit a uh, Jinder Mahal yeah dude well you saw Jinder and Mojo you definitely like you I mean at that point I have I mean I saw a former champion yeah I mean a future champion so that was yeah. cool and uh ah, it was hot and it was I, long yeah yeah I mean we got John Cena's first WrestleMania title win which at the time didn't seem like if looking back on it you know it's like we like got world title no no it was the U S title but it was his first like WrestleMania championship victory so it was like he, he's here he's here that's and pretty cool so you started the, the beginning time, of a dynasty yeah and it, i mean at the time it was like you the know champ is here that was before that yeah exactly wow. and that's when you got the that's when you started to get the spinner belts and everything and it was so he was the first spinner belt oh yeah fitting yeah fitting. basic thugonomics basic mm -hmm. i got did i get braun Strowman? no braun wasn't uh wasn't in the andre no oh yeah yeah, yeah. surely he was somewhere on the card I, I mean, if he was, I don't... Yeah, he was on the Andre. He was on the Andre. Okay. Sorry, he was on the Andre. And uh, that's it. So, I mean, looking back on it... Let's talk about Raw this week. That's, yeah. I mean, right. like, looking, so, I mean, last week. So, um, we got... Um, we got an interruption of... Um, well, we, we got essentially, like... Lashley and Roman in a tag match against the Revival. Mm -hmm. And the story of the match was that Roman Reigns um, was trying to steal the show, mm -hmm. trying to be Dolph. Well, Roman Reigns, you are not Dolph Ziggler. Of course. I mean, literally, he's the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah. You're just walking around talking about what you're owed. You have a vest, not a belt. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, Reigns tagged himself in, went for a spear, but he speared the wrong guy. And he didn't spear the legal man, so... He can learn something from the NFL rules. Keep your head up. Yeah. Keep your head up on the spear. Right. Or that's what happened. That's well, what happens when you just blindly shoot. Sometimes and also, you like, you're if, you're going, if you know you're going to go for the spear, this would be a great time to tag your partner and hit the spear, because you're just setting your partner up for success. That's it. And that way, you're no longer the legal man, so if you get rolled up, like, you're not getting pinfall, because it doesn't count. 
Um, so Roman, but he did get rolled up. He did get rolled up, and uh, the, uh, the tights. And did the ref say that doesn't count? The ref didn't see it. So the ref, so the ref did not have an issue with it. The ref would have had an issue, but the ref did count the three and the, said the, the ref counted one. the three. Unfortunately, referees sometimes make the wrong call, and there's there's no instant replay in wrestling. So, just saying, yeah, okay, okay. Um, so a lot of a lot of garbage, and both of us this week, um, <laughs> a lot of garbage, <laughs> a lot of garbage. I mean, both of us this week watched the um the Hulu version of Raw, the shorter version of Raw. Shout out to Hulu for yeah. putting together something decently watchable out of trash. Yeah, well, and it's good because, I mean, we can read the Raw recaps, um, but have the opportunity to watch a 90-minute version of the show. Exactly. I got to tell you, like, this this week's Raw, which we'll get to later in the show, but this week's Raw, like, even though I was watching the 90-minute version of the show, there were still moments that I was like, yeah, we can skip ahead. What's going on? Yeah. yeah. I want to say this, like, almost almost a challenge, but, but I don't want to quite go in that territory. I want somebody to ask me a question about this week's Raw. They watch the three-hour version, and I watch the Hulu version that I would get wrong because they they cover everything here. They cover everything, and like there's a lot you don't realize how much trash is in WWE every week. Well, I mean, until they, you watch Hulu version, really they, could you, they could ask you like who won Axel versus Hardy this week, and you got maybe a fifty-fifty shot. Seventy-five, twenty-five, Hardy. Nope, sorry. So you'd have lost that one. All right, I would have lost. That's why I didn't want to make the bet. That's yeah. why I didn't want to make the bet. Okay. Curtis Angel beat Jeff Hardy. Mm-hmm. No, beat Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy. Okay, yeah. got it, got it. All right, fair enough. Um, So that ha- the reason I lead up to that is because that happened last week, too, for anybody who missed last week's Raw. Uh, Hardy went for a superplex early in the match. Um, It was turned into a falling crossbody. Axel landed on top of Hardy, got the pin. Because he couldn't get up. Yeah, essentially. Matt like, Hardy's body's old. Yeah, if you fall off the middle rope, if you're Matt Hardy, like you're not getting up for a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. So three count was easy enough. Yeah. When you got when you got 120 seconds of free time, that you can't move. Yeah. The AOP, the Authors of Pain, now are part of Raw, part of the Raw Tag Team Division. Um, they're not getting much in the way of competition. Last week they had Rich and Rex Gibson. Beasts. Yeah. If you counted to 65. Then you could have counted one, two, three again after the one, two, three, because the match was over in 62 seconds. <laughs> I need six. Yeah. That's crazy. AOP, I think, is going to be great. AOP, I do think, is going to be great. They apparently had like a visa issue or something. Yeah. That's why they weren't there. Yeah. What? Um, that seems like a weird thing to get in trouble for. What is it? Uh, Akam, I think, is Armenian. Yeah. So some. You know, both of them are UFC fighters, I'm pretty sure. <clears throat> and they were good. I believe it. Did you ever see the video when Alberto Del Rio got knocked out in UFC? I don't know if I have. I'll show you. Okay. Absolutely brutal. Everybody, I think we can all agree, after everything's played out, there's not very many Alberto Del Rio fans out there left. I hope not. So if I dog this man, it's not going to cut our viewer base in half overnight. I, it, I'll i tell and you this. And if it did, I didn't want him first. Exactly. If you're a big Alberto Del Rio fan, like if you like Alberto Del Rio more than you like... Was it Ricardo Rodriguez? Yeah. There's something wrong with you. There's probably something wrong with you. Yeah. Like, if you listen to me dog him, and then all of a sudden I'm just discredited and you don't want to listen anymore, 
Well, so be it. Yeah, we've got a better fan base now. I mean, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. But there's shows for you. Yeah. There's shows for you. As Alberto would say, adios. Adios. Yeah. Yeah, well, he won't even say it to you. He just won't show up. You'll get a letter mail that says adios. No, he'll, he'll, he won't show up and you'll get an email that will say there was a family issue. Crazy. But he still wants his money. Still wants his money. But in any case, so Alberto Del Rio, I'm giving CM Punk all the pass in the world at this point. Alberto Del Rio did MMA. And apparently he was decent at it, but what his legacy is, he caught a vicious kick and he went down like a redwood tree, stiffened up timber. Mm -hmm. Good news, you can come back to wrestling after that because he did. Yeah. Well, I will tell you, the problem with getting kicked in the head by somebody who's professionally trained to kick people in the head hurts, man. It it also just like it instantaneously puts the lights out more times than not. Yeah. Ask Ronda Rousey. Yeah, she caught one too. Yeah. She caught a big one. Mm-hmm. Well, this isn't a UFC podcast, so we should yeah. probably keep on keep the ball. Well, so here. speaking of no R- free ads. Speaking of Ronda Rousey, Natalia said when she came out to confront Alexa and Mickey that yes, Ronda is not here because she's been suspended from Raw, mm-hmm. but Natalia's got backup, and out comes Nia Jax. Apparently, recovered enough from her, her injuries uh, at Money in the Bank. She's a bully. To to back up Natalia. She's not a bully anymore. She's more heel face turns than the big show's entire career have happened for Nia Jax this year. Yeah. I don't know what she is. Heel face, heel face, heel face, heel face, heel face. It just depends on the week. If you go heel face, heel face, heel face, heel face, does that make you a tweener? Well, well, she's jumped between them, but they're full blown. Yeah. That's the problem is like, you can't be a tweener when it's like, it's entirely decided. Like this week, you're up against Alexa Bliss, who's a heel. So Alexa's the heel, and you're gonna be completely babyface and talk about like how you're going to, you know, get your righteous revenge. Exactly. But then next week, when you fight Ronda Rousey and Rousey's the babyface, you're gonna be a heel, and you're gonna be completely heel. It's crazy. I wonder if they'll ever revisit the the bully thing with Alexa Bliss. Because if you just take that segment and start that as square one, like Alexa Bliss wasn't lying. No, you know which no. From even, it's always it's 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 one of those things where, like, you almost should acknowledge, like, <laughs> from her point of view, everything she's saying is one hundred percent true. Like, it'd be she might be disingenuous when she says certain things. Like, she's disingenuous when she says that Nia's her friend. She's disingenuous when she says, like, she did it because of the fans and for the fans. But not when she talks about that stuff, like, she's telling you what she thinks. Exactly, yeah. I want to, yeah, I mean, it's, this is what I think. Monday Night Raw is on IMDb. Now, you've seen the bloopers with movies and everything under the continuity Mm -hmm. section. Should Monday Night Raw have the biggest continuity section issues in IMDb history? It's funny because actually they just, so they talked about this on Wrestling Observer Radio last week, Mm -hmm. that WWE used to have a continuity editor, somebody who would have a giant board up on the wall that would have everybody, the whole roster, and it would show the relationships between these people and the history and what would guide their actions with respect to one another? That you need that. One hundred percent. It should be like, I mean, it should be something that is literally a movable part of your backstage setup. One of those old school 
green chalkboards with the wheels on it. Well, I'm thinking like in the modern era, like some kind of smart board or something like that that can literally like it can you can hit save and like it'll save the way things currently are, but then you can take like a little stylus or something and you can update it. So you yeah, can save. you want to put this feud here, and it will show you yeah common enemies, common friends. Right, you can you say know, like now situations. now there's a now there's a there's a slight alliance between the Miz and the Bludgeon Brothers because of their mutual hatred of Daniel Bryan. That's in WWE 2K18. That's in the video game, but not in the show. But not in the show. Yeah. Which means they thought about it. What's wrong with these people, man? What's well, wrong with these? How much can that guy cost? You got a hundred writers. You can't ask any of them to like actually keep track of. Or just make a Twitter or, handle. Or, or have that one guy who like raises his hand and says, well, that doesn't make any sense because. Exactly. Shout out to Lance Williams. He talked about this once with me. I'm not sure if this is true or not. However, he told me that in golf, Regular people are allowed to call in and address a rule violation. A violation. Yeah. A regular person can call in, and there's been times in golf history yeah. that that it's actually has impacted the, yeah. the result. Yeah. So even just have a Twitter handle, and don't even no one will pay. I mean, I'm pretentious as all get out. If I found a continuity error, I would put on my smug little smile. I would use some real good grammar, and I would say at WWE continuity. This and this doesn't line up. Submit. And I would be like, yeah, I showed you. I love that feeling. Yeah. And then they would read it and say, oh, good point. Let's yeah. take that account. Like, I don't think you got to pay anyone for it. I don't think you have to pay anybody. I mean, I think you should is the point. Well, if you, but if you're comparing to, I think you doesn't should. exist. I know two guys who would love that job. Do and you? Yes. Well, those two guys are booked up, to my knowledge, because they have a fight coming up. Well, they have they have a fight that so far DX is dodging the challenge. Oh, I didn't tell you about the email. Oh, oh, no, Sunday, dude. Stream okay. rules. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, break out the toys. Yeah. Do some crunches. Dude. Yeah. Um. But uh, I should have told you that email. Probably, yeah. Forward. Forward. <laughs> CC me in that one next yeah. time. <laughs> challenge accepted. <laughs> I think I would just say, yeah. I mean, I feel like oh, I'm with, no, about. I'm with, no, I mean, 100%. The answer was yes. Yeah, of course. I just, you know, like, I want to make sure we got my ring gear and everything. Ring gear. See, I was going shorts t shirt, Kale. So, yeah. I was going to put a cape on. Oh, really? I mean, I just feel like you should wear a cape. Okay. How, long, how most of those dudes long, feel about long hair? Long cape? Yeah. Right. At least past your knees in the back. Uh huh. And the key is to walk fast enough, jog fast enough. That is at least a 45-degree angle the cape stays at. You can't yeah. have it drooping against your legs. That's weird. If I don't have enough energy, if, if I ever get it parallel with the ground, it means I used way too much energy. See, I was thinking about this, though, because I think, like, visually, the two of us, like, people are going to look at us and think, a little bit of a rock and hurricane thing going on. Yeah. So, like, maybe I should wear the cape. Well, I mean... I kind of want to wear the cape. You could wear a leather vest. I never really... I feel like you're more of a leather vest guy, though, okay. man. You put the leather gloves on, too. Well, you know what? That'll differentiate us. They'll say, like, you know what? Those guys remind me of The Rock and The Hurricane, except that guy wears the cape and that guy wears the vest. The same, but different. Yeah. You know, because we can't completely rip it it's off. It's like poetry. It rhymes. Bars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But yeah, so 45-degree cape, 
<clears throat> make our way down there. I just feel like your overall, if you were 58 in WWE 2K18, put a cape on at least 60 months. Heck yeah. <laughs> right. By the way, power rating, way up there. Power rating? Yeah. Oh, 99. Yeah. I just, I mean, of course. Yeah. And we didn't even edit it. No. That's throw our hands. Yeah. Eat them. Uh, any case. What were we talking about? I think we were talking about Nia Jackson's a bully in continuity. We couldn't, we couldn't remember that we were talking about continuity. Shame on us. Yeah. Let's move. I'm telling you, we need, <laughs> we need that job. Yeah, we need that. <laughs> Times is tough. Listen, I don't know who does the hiring. Shoot us an email. We can send over our resumes. Do you, know, like, do you know how much happiness that would actually give me as a person to have that job? Where it was like, I could tell you like how the relationships between... Kalisto, Lindsay Dorado, and Grand Metalik were with respect to Drew Gulak and um like being an insider? Well, and to say that, like, you know, when it so so if any of these guys make it to different shows, to even be able to say, like, so here is how they could have a natural connection to this other person, and here's how they would be the natural enemy of this other well, person. Well, here is my fear. Mm-hmm. However, they make this show. Obviously, they decided the continuity editor is not important, which means they're not going to listen to him. Right. So I think you're assuming with the role they would listen to you, where I think it would be more like they would hear you. Well, I don't know they would change anything. They I, would and I'm, look, I'm willing to accept that like some of the things that I would say would 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 be unheeded because at way s- too deep. At certain points, they'd be like. Well, Roman, you know, I'd be like, Roman Reigns doesn't have any friends. They'd be like, he's got one or two friends. He's got Seth and he's got Dean. I would say, well, biggest red flag that could ever show up. But friendship, though? <laughs> and, and, and like, are we being honest? Because, like, Roman Reigns might be happy to use these guys when he's going for the world championship. But if one of them were to have the world championship, would they still be friends? Of course not. Or would that be a challenge? And... When Roman says it's one versus all, they're part all. There's no so, asterisks in that statement. So, in yeah, other words, like friends. it's one versus all. He That's has it. no friends. Yeah, the big dog. Nobody likes him. Nobody likes him, and he doesn't like anybody. I feel like he probably wants to be liked, though. Like I bet you, Roman is sad. I think, in some respects, like I've watched the last couple of weeks of Raw, and the one thing I thought is that, like, given everything that people don't like about Roman Reigns. The one thing you have to give him is that he is very good <clears throat> at playing his character. He is so good at playing Because, him. like, you watch his character on television, and you're like, I can't stand this guy. And he talks about how Bobby Lashley is egotistical. Bob. Bob is egotistical. And you're like, well, hang on a second. Because you're the one saying you're the only one who deserves a title shot. <laughs> Nobody else in the world does. Even though you've had... So many chances for so many years, main eventing WrestleMania every year, because in your mind, that's what you deserve. And you, you say he's egotistical, but then you are the one who has to go out and win a tag team match by yourself without ever tagging him in. Yeah. And you just, you can't stand this guy for how he talks to other people. Which means you should hate yourself as well. But... Then I hear, like, the things that you've said before, which is that, like, by all accounts, everybody loves Joe, you know, (laughs) Roman. Like, everybody really loves him, and he's such a nice guy, but I see him on TV, and I'm like, 
Like, I would... Like, he looks like he turned himself up to a hundred, and he's actually a douchebag. But in the... Yeah, but he's but like, now almost in the other... actually a good dude. Right. Like, like apparently, like, his natural level is like a twelve. Yeah. And then he goes on TV, and he's a hundred. Yeah. And you're just like, oh... I bet she's a chill dude. I mean, and that's what I'm saying is like, my, like you, like you said before, like all accounts, he's a chill dude. Yeah. And then you're like, so he operates at like a 12 out of a hundred. And then he goes on TV and it's a hundred and it's like, that's some rain yeah, to be rain. a likable guy that everybody gets along with in real life. And then go on television and I see him and I'm like, the man, the man occasionally has to take legit punches to the face as part of his job. But he's still... I still want to punch him in the face for real. Yeah. I almost want to punch Joe sometimes. Yeah. You know? I bet you he says bro all the time. I bet you he says bro. I bet he says ooze way more. In real life? Hey, ooze. Well, he probably says, hey, ooze, pass that. You think he he says the other thing? The N-word? Yeah. That boy has said the N-word more recently than fucking Suge Knight has said the N-word. Okay. That word has said the N- He said the N-word more recently than Donald Trump has. Ooh. Okay. So, <laughs> like, like I don't even have to, like, it's not a look at your watch thing. One moment. It just happened. If, if Donald Trump is listening right now, yep. Colin Kaepernick, he just said it. Yep. Okay. <laughs> and so, Roman Reigns still still has said it more, more recently. More recently. Yeah, he just dropped it twice because another three seconds have gone by. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, it absolutely does. I bet you the Usos do. You know what? Hot take. I bet you Dean Ambrose does. You think so? You weren't ready for that one. No, I, I like you said it, and I almost was like, I can see that. I feel like, but here's the thing. All right, just so we'll go down this road. You think Seth Rollins right. has tried it once? I think Seth Rollins says it when he's in a car by himself. Oh. When he's not near Bob, no chance. No chance. He has got really good at censoring himself. Yeah. I bet you Dean Ambrose, though, because there's – I'll enlighten some people, okay? I'm taking it back when I hear what people say. Yeah. All right? I'm, it, it can, I hear it every time, right? Justify. However, and I don't know what the rhyme or reason is to it, I think it, I think it comes from the comfortability – in the organics of a white person saying it, and maybe I'm guilty of this, I apologize if I upset anybody, but I've had white people say it, that I was like, they kept it moving. Didn't bother me that much. I've had other people that I'm like, ah, I'm going to have to tell this dude to make it stop. I've so had- I, I think Dean Ambrose is in the category of it came off right, man. Like, I think he gets a hard pass. Wow. In the right ring. Yeah. Now, if he's in a group, if he made a YouTube video with him and you know, a bunch of his white buddies, and he said it then, probably not good. Yeah, no, I think, like, but I think if he's, like, backstage after a, a death match, and he's, like, he looks like he's literally, like, needs to go to a hospital yeah. right there. He said, you, you seen them in the front row? Mm-hmm. Them boys was feeling it. Yeah. Everybody was cool. Everyone's cool with that, you know? Everyone's cool with that. I think Jinder Mahal probably says it. I, yeah, maybe. I don't know. He is Canadian. So. Do you think Bailey's ever said it? Bailey. Um, oh, that's tough, man. Do you think she got called out? Like like, like she got taken aside and was like, <laughs> I know you were like trying to be fun and you were trying to be like in and you can't use you that. You just can't cross that line. Yeah. I feel like, I feel, I don't know if she's ever said it. I don't I think, I feel like, I feel like the same boat. Like I'm going to go with it. Like, I'm going to go with like, a lot of people in the industry 
will have given it a shot at least once. And some of them <laughs> just get overwhelmed with emotion. Some of them, like all they got was a bunch of head turns and like a bunch of head turns, and they were like, "Oh, I should not." Well, here's the question. Are you ready for this one? This one is going to be cognitive dissonance, okay? Brian Lesnar. Two reasons. I think you know. One, sometimes he feels like he might be able to get away with it. But if I did feel that I he couldn't get away with it, would I say something? If you want to question someone's moral ground here, have him say it. Because... Yeah. I don't know if I would tell correct him, even if I felt like I should. He's too big. I feel like I think he's definitely said it though. When he when he won that UFC fight and he's just said I'm a jack white boy from Canada, you don't say things like that unless you use the hard ER sometimes. Hmm. <laughs> See the one I wonder about, <clears throat> and it's maybe not fair, because he also seems like he comes across a lot of times like a big teddy bear. But Braun Strowman's from North Carolina. 100 percent Growing up <clears throat> growing up as a white guy in South Carolina, I can tell you, like, you, all you have to do <laughs> is in the area. You grow up as a white guy in South Carolina, and what happens is, like, there will be times where you're just left alone in a room with another white person. And they just default. And they're like, oh, thank God, there's no more. Boom, 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 boom. It's, it's <clears> almost <throat> like, remember that meme a long time ago with the, with the white dude? With the veins popping out of his neck, and it's like when you haven't told mm -hmm. anybody you're a vegan in five minutes, and he's just fuming. If you are mm -hmm. one dude from South Carolina, the memes when you haven't said that word in three minutes, and black people are still in the room, yeah, you know. And then like once the black people leave, you're that's, just like a that's, deflated. That's dude. how it is sometimes, and it's like <laughs> you'll be in a room with somebody who's from Texas, and there's another white guy in the room from Minnesota. And me is a white guy from South Carolina. And the dude from Texas is like, finally, we can say. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, who told you yeah, that? What like, what? when did I, <clears throat> when did I look at you and say like, hang on, just one, wait, wait, wait a second. Yeah. It's crazy that people just default to assuming people think it's okay yeah. in that environment. Yeah. You know, that's the weird thing. Or they're like, I'm, yeah, that like, that's number they one. They just assume. Okay. Let me ask you this, because this is I guess this is an important question. We're getting deep. We are. And this it's is a good, this is a good opportunity yeah. for me to ask a, a question that I guess I it needs to be asked. I'm listening. Do I have the right to get offended when a white person uses it in conversation with me because they just think they can just go ahead? At this point, I am going to say yes, but I don't want to put it too far into the yes category for this reason, all right? The weirdest thing that, like, when, when you get the, I mean, like, when today's world, right, you get the white people, black people thinking, you get the black people saying, you don't understand, you get the white people saying, yeah, but that doesn't mean I can't empathize. It's, it's generally what that is. And the part of it that you don't understand is this. I'm half black, half white, right? So I understand and I acknowledge, and I've heard stories, how often when a black dude leaves the room the N word comes out usually pretty quick. Yeah. Often. And the fact that it's not talked about first, mm -hmm. there's a bad stigma attached to that mm -hmm. word. And there's a bad, you know, idea of being someone that's, that uses it as a white well, that's guy. The, and there's the only, that's the, it, using it is the only way to introduce into conversation. Well, no. you can't, you can't be talking like you can't wait until Tony leaves the room and it's just me and you in the room. Now we're both white and be like, 
So you're ready to talk about black people in a stereotypical way? Well, that's not what I mean. Using racial slurs? Like, they're just going to say, like, man, I'm so sick of that. Yeah, what what gets me is, is, like, because there's such a terrible stigma attached to it, like, for me, I mean, I'm not a Nazi by any means, right? But just to put out there, I'm not going to go out and do, like, if someone did a bet, Corey, I'll give you 500 bucks if you run into this mall and start saying Nazi pride this, whatever, whatever. Just because I would be concerned if random people heard me saying that, there would be action against me. You know, like, regular people are not okay with hearing that in regular life. It's, it's not the norm. So the fact that it's just okay usually when 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 white people are room together and there's not even there's not even a discussion they just know they can start saying it which means they don't think there's going to be a problem right so they and yeah, the reason they don't think it's going to be a problem like that does offend me yeah but it, let me finish real quick yeah, okay because yeah. it's important to me so I can understand the idea that <clears throat> you want I get that oh mercy kill my train of thought Charles is that the fact that no one even thinks that it is a problem in the group, it means they just assume you're going to be okay with saying it, right. which means most people, they assume, are okay with saying that. Yeah. So as a black guy, at that point, you understand that if you're around white people, more than likely they're acting different than they normally act because that comes out later. you know. So And that's where the idea is sanctuary isn't segregation. All right? Because if you want to hang out with black people, Majority of black, if you want to take a campus and you want to have a house just for black people, they say they self-segregate. Why is that? And it's because you learn growing up and being around it that it feels weird. Every group you're in, you assume they're acting because the second you leave, stuff like that happens a lot. Or like, So you want to be around people that you know aren't like that. I would say you want to be around people where you know it's genuine. Well, or just like you're more comfortable behaving the way you behave around them. Exactly. So it's just it is what it is. So <clears throat> in the regard of like you could have a, you could have a black person who was more comfortable behaving the way they behave around like a mixed race group, and they might not want to live in that house for sure, for sure. But no one like, says you have to be right, there. Right. That's right. where it's sanctuary. It's just that's where they're the most comfortable. Exactly. So so one side of me, you know, wants to say. I don't know, because you don't experience this, you don't feel the same way I feel about, you know, hearing and saying it. And I do believe that's true. But on the same hand, my buddy Dave Screenus, he asked me a question once that was actually really profound to me. He asked me this. He said, if I genuinely empathize with your situation and I generally understand and respect and get it, all right. I understand I cannot feel it. I get that I cannot get it. Right. But I know it's there. He said, what would you want me to do as someone trying to fix it? And that's a really hard question to answer, because yeah. one part of it would be like, I want you to be offended and say something to that dude when he says it. Because if you say, whoa, dude, not cool. Don't do that. Next time he's in a group of people and he just thinks he can say it, he might feel more like, well, Maybe there will be negative repercussions of me saying it. Yeah. You know, so that's good. But on the other side, I don't want, like, uh, I guess I'll finish it with this. You know, every time anyone goes to Africa, they always take the picture with the poor black kids. Mm -hmm. Every single time. Mm -hmm. And I think it's almost like that's like a tourist attraction. It is. Of, of, and I have a problem with 
with, I don't problem taking a picture because you're probably in that village, you know, helping out Peace Corps. If you're going to Africa to help people, that's where you end up to help. Mm-hmm. But when you take the picture in the same way every time you post it for the world to see, mm-hmm. I don't know how genuine it is there. So I want I want somebody to say, I want you to say something when someone says it around you. Say, not cool. You know, that's not how I live. That's not what I'm interested in. I don't want to be part of that. But I don't, I also don't want you to go around like it's a medallion that you stuck up for black people. No, but I think so it's it like be the two sides. There. I understand that. And I would what I would say to that is like, so from my point of view, I can look at it and say, like, can I, do I think I will actually be able to change this person by my actions and by my deeds and by what I say? Do I think I will actually be able to say something to this person and say like, look, man, like, I really don't agree with the idea of a white person using that word, especially like, because I mean, like, especially when there was a black guy here and you waited until he was going to say it. Yeah. Like all of a sudden you <laughs> think it's fine to like use that word with me that I'm going to be perfectly okay with it. Like, number one, that makes negative assumptions about me that just simply aren't true. Mm-hmm. And, but I have to analyze, like, am I going to be able to make the argument that's actually going to change this person's point of view and their actions down well, the road? The answer is no, because okay. that's too big of scale. So at that point, like for me, am I not justified in saying, like, at the very least, the easier way for my life is to say, don't use that word around me. Because now, yeah. like, at the very least, yes. I've, I've, I've corrected that behavior when it comes to me. Correct, yes. And I've told you, like, the if, issue is if you wanted us to be cool, that won't work. Exactly. It's, it is on a, a lot, what a lot of people aren't getting, in my opinion, is, is an individual-based game. Your answer is the best one. Just because there's two sides of that. The answer is you're not going to be able to change this guy on a humongous level. Right, you just you you probably won't. So that can't be your goal. But if you say nothing and just let it keep moving, it's going to further reinforce that guy's idea that anytime he's in a group of white people, he's confident that they're okay with that, which is also not good. So it's don't use it around me. That's you doing what you can do, you know, without without you know, like I don't want to say overstepping because that's no one's place. It's no one is wrong for trying to make a change, but without doing more than is necessary is realistic. Yeah. You know, say, don't do it around me. If you want to be cool, that can't be part of it. But I don't have to give you a pamphlet. But exactly. But you don't got to give someone a pamphlet about it, and you don't need to pull me aside the first <clears throat> chance you get. But let me tell you what I did today. Yeah. that's you know, well, Because yeah. that's what annoys me a yeah. lot, because at that point, I I'm question Barry, if you did it for the right reason. I'm Barry Horowitz with a big patting myself on the back. <laughs> exactly. Jacket on. Exactly. But in case, well, so Naya, who I'm 80% certain that without the ER on the end, just the A on the end, in the ring, I think that's her nickname. And I think all the divas <laughs> call her that. It's already Naya. So, like, it's very easy and simple, like, every one of the divas to call her that. I'm betting that's the case. So, Naya trips up Alexa mm-hmm. and it allows um, Natalia to throw the sharpshooter on. And make the women's champion tap out. Oh! So as a result, certainly now Natalia is due for a women's title match, right? I mean, she just beat the women's champion clean by submission in the middle of the ring. She's definitely due for a championship match. So does that mean we're going to get a Natalia Ronda SummerSlam match? You said before that you thought mm. Natalia was the best one to feud with Ronda, but the problem is Natalia just beat Alexa, whose next championship match is with Nia. So if Nia wins, 
does Natalia have an argument to challenge Naya? If Naya loses, does Natalia have an argument that, well, you lost to Alexa. I beat Alexa, so I should challenge her. Triple threat. Rhonda has an argument that she should get her chance. So, fatal four-way. Is, is, is new people, <clears throat> like, is Rhonda's green as far as ring work is, is, is concerned? Mm-hmm. Is like a three-person or four-person match. Is a that, great way to hide. Is it, is it better or worse? Because it's harder, the timing of everything. Do you remember... <clears throat> Do you remember the Royal Rumble where the crowd chanted Roman sleeping? Yes. Was it a Royal Rumble? I think it was a Royal Rumble. Yeah. Yeah. He was in there. No, home. no, that was a that was was that the three versus three? Was that the Shield versus the Hardys? Well, it was the one I thought where like he might have been the Rumble as well. I thought it was one where he like literally he actually went to the back for a while. No, that and then was, came back and then came back like that was Brock Roman John Cena. No, that was Seth. That was Seth John Cena. Was it who was in the Royal Rumble? Who was in the triple threat at the Royal Rumble that was one of the best ones ever? I know it was Brock Lesnar and Seth Rollins. I think it was John Cena was the other guy in it, but it might have been Roman Reigns. Okay. I think it was that match. Maybe. I don't so, know. so I mean anyway, I know I know what's yeah. you're talking about though. But yeah, I mean I think with like you run the risk of like having the person lay out outside the ring or in the ring in a corner and like having the audience realize what's going on. The like, this is going to be a 12-minute match, so for nine minutes of it, they're going to be unconscious. Yeah. And, uh, you know. <laughs> Big hits. Yeah, like, first minute, they're in the match, hot, you know, working their four moves. Then they get thrown into the steel steps, and they're unconscious for nine minutes. Then they start to regain consciousness right when the big stuff's starting to happen in the ring. They get back in the ring. They hit their four moves again. And, you know. Maybe now, tell me this. Is it a continuity error in a fatal four-way, when you get thrown into the stair steps, you're down for four minutes. But if it's a regular match, you're down for 9.5 seconds. I was, Is that I mean, a continuity issue? Like, I would kind of say that I do think you have a good point that that stuff shouldn't happen as much as it does. Oh, it's, it's the, commonplace. I know, it is. And it's there are rules for when things affect you. Differently, like how much it hurts, like they like yeah. sliders in a video game. There's like, I mean, it is, and it's like there's times where um, getting thrown into the barricade or getting like like in the Royal Rumble, it's much harder to get thrown over the top rope for a lot of people than so it usually much is. Harder. Like yeah. throughout the whole year, everybody tosses you over the top <laughs> rope all the time, and you go to the outside straight down to the floor all the time. But in this one match. It's like, well, why wouldn't you do that every Monday night in Raw? Like, you train so hard for the Royal Rumble that when somebody throws you over the top rope, it's going to hurt when you hit the floor. Exactly. So it'd be a lot better if you grabbed the top rope and held on and got back in the ring. Like, they might, your opponent might still be in the ring, but it's better than falling six or seven feet outside of the concrete. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah and, and, and you're right. Maybe like, they're so there's so many, there's so many angles that'll happen where, like, this, Tables are bad. Last man standing matches just destroy continuity. Yeah, every time. Yeah, last man standing matches. No matter how table shots, if you go through an announce table, minutes. Yeah, at the minimum, last man standing, seconds. Yeah, and and l- the ladder match at at uh, Money in the Bank was a gr- another. It <laughs> was a multi man match, but it was another great example of this, where like you took one move. 
and it was you were standing in a crowd of six guys, and somebody did a plancha over the top rope and hit all six of you, and you were down for five minutes. Everyone's hurt. And it's like, if this was a regular match, one-on-one match, and somebody did a tope over the top rope and hit you, like, they would just immediately, you'd both get back in the ring and go back to work. Yeah, it's like a breast hold. Yeah. But in that one, yeah, it's it's weird. I don't know if you ever could actually address it, though. <clears throat> like, I was thinking... Well, it's the idea that, you know, it's a, for them, like, having that move become more impactful, quote-unquote, and knocking you out of action for four or five minutes, like, it does allow for the action to be focused on just a couple guys and just what's going on in the ring and kind of lay everybody outside the ring. So the fans don't have to think about them or worry about them. And you don't have to try to follow four different matches that are all going on at the same time within this. Match. I mean, I understand the logic for it, but I just feel like there's gotta be like, and I guess it's the idea that like less is more, mm-hmm. but not in, not in an individual match, but over the entire product. If you never saw someone go through the announce table, except for in the last man standing match, it wouldn't be surprising if he didn't get up. Yeah, but people go through tables all the time. Go through tables all the time. If you never saw people get thrown into the barricades, yeah, and then they did it in the <clears throat> Fatal Four Way at WrestleMania, it wouldn't be as crazy as the fact that he didn't get up. Or like but they if, saturated every single move. What if like using stuff outside the ring, like using the tables? using the barricades, using the steel steps, like it wasn't just a disqual it wasn't just something that was worthy of disqualification. Like it would actually get you suspended in a normal match. I think to, it's good yeah. to use like a weapon of that magnitude. Exactly. Like those barricades, they're solid steel barricades that just have a foam covering over exactly. them. Exactly. That's damn and it's yeah. like these are tables. This is like steel steps. They're eight hundred pounds. Like it's, it's the same reason we don't let you come into the ring with a gun or a baseball bat. <laughs> yeah, it's a weapon. So, I mean, like, if you use those during a regular match, like, it's not just disqualification, it's suspension. Yep, I agree. But when there's a no-rules match, anything goes. Yep. And then you can hit barricades, and then you can hit steel steps, and then you can... And you can have... Well, the problem is it not needs only, to be short, though. But not only can you have these moments where you have... um Guys going through tables, hitting steel steps, and going through the barricades and say, like, well, that makes sense. Like, of course, he'd be down for, like, several minutes now if he got thrown into those steel steps. Because, I mean, shoot, it's not like he takes that steel step bump every week. Exactly, yeah. Then, then you'd also have occasional moments where it was a, a heel was angry enough and wanted to inflict enough damage on a babyface or a babyface had snapped. just had enough yeah. and snapped. Bailey snapped on Sasha and to the point that you throw her into the steps. Take your and you're like, I don't give a damn. Don't do. That's, Neither I needed to do this. I needed. I'm suspended for three weeks, and that sucks. Yeah, she's out for three weeks too. Yeah, but it's because she's medically not yes, clear. Exactly. So I'm still training. I'm, I'm suspended. I'm, I'm at home with with my pets and my <laughs> my care bears. She's in ICU. She's in the hospital. Yeah. I think I won. I think I won. Yeah. Well, the real issue is the setback to the crowd. You know, they, 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 there's just so much excitement. Everything you pass wanna, on that. But. You want to build those quote unquote big spots, but that's the thing. It's like they build them over. They build them towards the pay per view. I think they need to build them over a year. If you, yeah, exactly. Like imagine how big a 
you know, think Omega Okada when he finally hit the one wing angel. Exactly. That's exactly what it would be. It'd be finally that moment where it's like, oh my God, I can't believe when they had their, you know, the, the match that, you know, put them in the desperate, no rule situation that Kevin Owens was willing to smash Braun Strowman in the head repeatedly with the steel steps. Exactly. And that's how he won. Because, yes, he's a monster, but Kevin Owens was willing to get violent to a level we haven't seen in a year. Exactly. Of, like, he picked up the steel steps and hit him in the head with it. Of course he went out. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Like, like that's, that's what, what happens to be, Of you, course. Yeah. Like, there shouldn't be a character... There shouldn't be a character, like, maybe, maybe, like, a barricade shot eventually. But like, there should not be a character that you, take that steel shot to the head and, and then is kick not out. Done. Yeah, yeah, they're done. Yeah, which you know, they I, have. They've done it with Cena. They've done it with Lesnar. They've done it with Strowman. They've done it with Reigns. Yeah, like there's too many guys where it's like this should be the story of how not only did you lose your match, your title, or whatever, but why we didn't see you on Raw for a month. Exactly. Like the the easy version is this. There needs to be a com- There needs to be like a. Roman Reigns comes back to Raw tonight after he got hit in the head with steel steps last month. And he doesn't remember it anymore. But, yeah, it yeah. Needs to, but it needs to be, I mean, just think of it on the simplest level you ever could. If I hit mm-hmm. you with an F5, I don't get in trouble. Right. If I hit you with a chair, I do. Mm-hmm. Why? Because the chair is more, so much more dangerous. Exactly. There should be, the worst weapon is probably a chair. I'm not the worst, like the, the most common one. Yeah. A chair is like the, the least impactful weapon of all the weapons. But the worst weapon should be much stronger, at least as strong, as the strongest finisher. If if Curtis Hawkins, Kurt Hawkins, sneaks up on Brock Lesnar from behind and hits him with a chair in the back of the head. Should be like Brock Lesnar just F5'd himself. Exactly. He should be pinned. Kurt Hawkins <clears throat> should beat Brock Lesnar there because of that. Yeah. Just because that's how it should be. Yeah, you I know, agree. You shouldn't get DQ if you use the chair if it's less effective than a move you don't get DQ for using. Yeah, I mean, it was, let's be honest. Because if we were to if we were to if we were to propose a match on Raw or SummerSlam or Extreme Rules, wherever the hell it was, let's say Extreme Rules, just because it makes logical sense for the story we're telling. Yeah, we book a match. Surprise! Nobody knew this was coming. Brock Lesnar comes out at Extreme Rules and said, "Everybody knows it's true. I had one mandatory title defense that I haven't fulfilled on my contract yet." I've already told all of y'all, Paul Heyman has already told all of y'all, I'm not wrestling at SummerSlam. It's already, you've already heard that, but I have this one stupid title defense left on my contract. So I'm defending it tonight at Extreme Rules. I've already picked out my opponent. Kurt, come on out. Here comes Kurt Hawkins. Now this is an Extreme Rules match because it's at Extreme Rules. So it's Brock Lesnar versus Kurt Hawkins. Mm Mm-hmm. It's Brock Lesnar in one corner, Kurt Hawkins with a steel chair in the other corner. Who's going to win this match? Kurt Hawkins won. Brock Lesnar is going to well, win. Exactly. Because, Brock kill him immediately. because Kurt is going to hit Brock Lesnar with a steel chair. And it's going to have no effect. no effect. He's going to rip the chair out of his hands, hit him with the F5, and beat him. Exactly. And like or he's going to swing the chair. Brock is going to duck it, underneath it. Or he'll catch, catch it yeah. under his arm. Yeah, something like that. And, and yeah. And, and it, it shouldn't work like that. I agree. It should be, you, you know, like you said, if. If I, you know, if I catch Triple H with a steel chair, I don't care how many world championships he's had. 
He's out. He's out. That's why I get DQ'd for using it. <clears throat> yeah. You know, the reason, the only reason I didn't beat him there is because I got DQ'd for using a vicious weapon. Yeah. Which, you is, know, why I'm, which is why I'm going to use these hands. <laughs> but it should be like that which for everything. should also be counted as deadly weapons. Well, for Braun or us. Yeah. Well, like if you throw someone in a steel stairs, it should be the <clears throat> same thing. Like, I don't understand why you get DQ'd for <clears throat> using a chair, but you don't get DQ'd for using the stairs. Steps. Yeah. They've talked about, Lance Storm talked about this on Twitter. The idea that if something is in the environment, like if you didn't introduce it, then you can get away with using it, which sometimes works, sometimes doesn't. So what if because some- like if so the idea was they talked about this if Elias is Came in and sat with his chair in the middle of the ring and Seth Rollins sets the chair up to like hit a move on the chair. If Elias reverses it and he hits the move onto the chair, he doesn't get disqualified because Seth set the chair up. So he was Elias wasn't setting out to use the chair as a weapon in this case. Seth was, and it turned against him. But I don't get disqualified for your actions coming back to bite you. But at the same time, like I would say that should extend to the rest of the environment. And if I introduce your face to the steel steps, I'm the one who's really introduced it as a weapon. Exactly. But I can get away with that. What I can't get away with is the announce table. If I take the cover off the announce table, put you on the announce table, jump up off the ring onto the announce table, pretty sure I'm getting disqualified in, yeah. most, in most matches. Yeah. Like that's that's yeah, that's, DQ. that's a step too far. Yeah. But I don't see the difference. I mean, other than like the steel steps in my mind are worse. But they view the impact as. You know, like there's just little things like, like that. Like the steel steps don't explode when you go through them. The way the <laughs> exactly. Do. Steel steps don't have an airbag. You know, mm. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. But yeah, man. So there's, I guess that's our rant. Well. So what else we got? Well, and, and the reason for that is because we're, it's leading into the Bailey versus Sasha story because we had the Riot Squad versus Bailey, Sasha, Ember Moon. Ember Moon, who, by the way, like story's still going strong. Exactly what we said on this podcast. Nobody kicks out of the eclipse. Nope. Top rope, flipping, stunner, you're done. Zero reason ever kick out. Absolutely. If, he, if Ember Moon hits Brock Lesnar with it. Yes. Three times. Hospital. Yes. Every time. Brock Lesnar returns, like, in his, in his case, like, four years. Exactly. Yeah. Like, exactly. Like, he, 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 he goes to UFC. He gets hit with the Eclipse. Goes to UFC. Does his fights. Wins comes, all of them. Wins all of them. Comes back to Raw <laughs> and doesn't ever remember being on Raw anymore. <laughs> He was straight up KO'd. He just yeah. thought he was UFC. Man. But the story of this match came at the end of the match because uh, Sasha Banks took the L against the Riot Squad. Mm-hmm. And we got an immediate attack. Bailey found it within herself to go after Sasha. And it seemed like for one glorious week, it seemed like we finally got, well, I won't even say a whole week because it didn't last. But it seemed like for five glorious minutes that we finally got what we were waiting for which is now we're just going to have a fight. And Bailey went after Sasha, attacked Sasha first. Bailey had the upper hand. She was willing to take it to extreme levels of violence, throw Sasha directly headfirst into the steel steps, mm-hmm. stomp her, punch her, yell at her, curse mm-hmm. at her. Yeah. And Bailey, Bailey brought it to the next level. And then when we got backstage, Kurt Angle said, you need therapy. Yeah, it's so trash. I'm done with it. Oh, who needs the who? Who? Here's actually a tough question. Who needs a real heel turn more? Bailey or Roman Reigns? Well, let me let me not say needs. Who would benefit more? 
not in the grand scope because Roman obviously just operates on higher, but whose character would be better off in relation to where they currently are? Um, I think the Iron Man would be Bailey. I think I think I th- I think I still go with Roman. Um, I think it would do. I think it would do wonders for him to have the ability to play against the crowd. Yeah. To finally look at the crowd when he's got the advantage in a match and yell at him. Yeah. I think that would draw so much heat, and I think it. Li- and then, then there's the hope that you've you are entering the tunnel at last. You're in the dark. Yeah. And you can. Find your way back to the light at some point, and maybe the fans will come with you. Nah, I'm still going with Bailey, but this storyline's trash anyway. So what yeah. do we got after that? Uh, well, so we had the whole thing with uh, with with Kurt addressing the need for counseling, which we'll come back to for this week's RAW. We got No Way Jose versus Mojo with the cheeseburger. Uh, the match didn't happen. Mojo said, "I'm not. I like. I've already beaten you up. We're not having a match. match. By the way, you have a guy here, Todd." dressed as a cheeseburger, trying to make his big break with WWE, dressed as a cheeseburger, <clears throat> throws Todd into the steel steps. Yeah. Every time I think I'm making a step forward, I go so many steps back. Presumably, Todd will be in the hospital for the next two years. Do you remember a month ago? Mojo Raleigh threw Todd the into the steel steps. Do you remember a month ago how we were talking about how like all my dudes were just killing it? And like I was overwhelmed with how sick all my dudes were, and now look at us: Gender versus Roman. Gender versus Roman is trash. Chad Gable nowhere to be found. Chad Gable on main event. Yeah, Mojo Uh, Rawley's throwing cheeseburgers. Gender on main event. Gender's match this week was main event. That's the only main event he's gonna get. Yeah, yeah. No main events for a while. Mojo, Mojo is serious now. He's not fooling around. He's not dancing. He's not singing. Cheeseburger. He threw a cheeseburger because he's involved serious. in serious angles. We got to take a break. All right. We got to take a we'll, break. We'll take a break. We'll get back to the rest of the week in wrestling. Actually, before we get to the rest of the results of the week in wrestling, we have an important phone call to make. We've got our buddy James on the line. Uh, James, who is another big wrestling fan, huge Mark Henry fan, and I mean that both figuratively and literally. James! James, the only guy I know who can wear Mark Henry's Hall of Pain shirt and look scarier than Mark Henry doing it. <laughs> hey, James, who's your favorite wrestler? Mark Henry, the greatest. Hey, but now that Mark Henry's gone, who's your new favorite wrestler? You know, I'm really digging, uh, I, I must say, Seth Rollins right now. Seth? Ah, what about gender, man? Gender is just a gimmick. He, he he's gonna be gone within the next couple of months. Oh, don't listen to it. Shanti. Get out of here. Shanti. Shanti. Yeah. Yo. Indian Rock has not kicked off in WWE. I don't think it's ever gonna happen. <laughs> Why not? Uh, even though it's question for both of you guys actually have you seen Jinder Mahal's new haircut no okay Jinder Mahal like I told you was on main event this week (laughs) 
he had his first match uh, since his match a couple weeks ago with Gable in a while. And, you know, Jinder's still got the the um, the head wrap. Yeah. So this was the first time I'd seen Jinder with his new haircut. Jinder has Bobby Roode's haircut. <laughs> and Jinder... So here's the thing, though. Because I didn't realize this, but when I saw Jinder with Bobby Roode's haircut, I was like, Jinder's legitimately 45% smaller than he was a year ago. <laughs> and, like, it's just for some reason, the haircut makes it so much more noticeable. It's like... It's like Samson's hair got cut, and he also got deflated at the same time. And I'm just looking at him like, yo, that's like that's like just a little bit over half as big as Jinder used to be. <laughs> I wonder what happened. Do you believe that Jinder hit the gym, or do you think that that definitely was the roids? I, I, I think so. I it think was the roids. There's not, that's not a question. That's a statement. It was the roids. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, Jinder's proof that like no matter how untalented and how bad of a wrestler you actually are. Science always wins. If you eat enough vitamins, <laughs> you will be world champion in Vince McMahon's WWE. Exactly. Give me this, James. Give me your overall take on wrestling nowadays compared to your good old days. The mic's yours. Um, I would give it a four. Out of ten? Oh my God! You know Roman's good. Roman Reigns is garbage. As a big man, I mean, he's terrible. <laughs> he's terrible. WWE is pushing him, and that's why he's not champion because he sucks. He can't wrestle, and I believe that they don't have the entertainment value as they mm -hmm. did back in the day, like with Stone Cold and The Rock. And Hogan, they don't have those promos that make you want to watch wrestling anymore. Hold on, you didn't see Sasha and Bailey just go to the psychiatrist? They got counseling. No, that doesn't compare to anything. I mean, no. It doesn't compare to birthing a hand? No. Your boy Mark Henry, your boy Mark Henry made a hand for a baby. I do. do you remember, I, you know, it, it was good. It was very good for television and for ratings. But now it's like, back in the day, you, you had to go home and watch Raw or Monday Night Nitro. You're rushing to watch both, flipping back and forth. We all knew that Monday Night Raw was recorded because Nitro told everybody what happened. They don't have that must-see television anymore. They're not characters. We're, we're missing that. So hold on, Mojo Rawley is not must-see TV. No. Oh, come on. Come on, man. I mean, Mojo Rawley threw a cheeseburger. He threw a cheeseburger across the ring aisle. I mean, what are you, what are you looking for? <laughs> I am, I'm, we're missing when Vince was coming down for the ring. Uh, it, it doesn't have that over. It doesn't have a good commentary anymore. Look at the commentators. They suck. 
Corey Graves is the man, and Coach is the man, uh, too. I like Coach. I do like Coach. I will say that. I do enjoy Coach. Yeah, yeah. I mean, shout out to Coachman. I really appreciate how he told everybody that Ronda Rousey being in a bear hug gave her a good chance to rest. Yeah, Coach is trash. I was kidding, James. Jesus. Yo, what's your opinion on Ronda Rousey, though? Oh my God, James! Wow. Are you kidding me? What is this, James? Hot takes. The one thing that I did like what they did do—they did not let her win the title. I, I appreciate that. I thought they were just going to give it to her, and that would have just, you know, destroyed her career. I do. I did. I did appreciate that storyline, but we haven't really seen her wrestle. Wrestle. You know, I want to see her fight Charlotte. I think Charlotte will whoop her ass because Charlotte is probably the best woman wrestler as in WWE. Yeah, but that's not happening um, until WrestleMania. We got to keep those two apart for a while. Yeah, but then I don't want. But then I don't want to see them put Ronda <laughs> over at WrestleMania. You know, because they'll they'll do that type of crazy. There's no way that Ronda can beat Charlotte. I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't I mean, know, I, man. Ronda's great, man. Not only well, <clears throat> but not only that. I mean, like I think, I think what they need. Really, to put woman wrestling on the mat, they need a sixty-minute Iron Woman's match. Yeah, but we don't do WWE. WWE doesn't even do. That'd be awesome. WWE doesn't even do sixty-minute Iron Man for the men anymore. Like Ziggler and Seth are getting a thirty-minute Iron Man match. I don't even. I don't get that because they just had a thirty-minute match on Raw where nobody won. So to settle things, we're gonna have another thirty-minute match. Where whoever gets the most wins wins the match. And like they just yeah. had a thirty minute match, nobody got a win. So why do we think they're gonna get more wins than another? They're trying to rebrand Ziggler. They're, they're, they messed up with Ziggler. They oh. really did. He sure, did whoa. The Intercontinental yeah. Champion, Dolph. Tread, tread lightly on my boy Dolph though. Tread lightly. Give me your opinion on Dolph. Say that again? I said tread lightly on my boy Dolph. That's the star of this show here, close to the more podcast. But give me your opinion on Dolph. Dolph could be the SmackDown champion. I would like to see him and I would love to see him and AJ Styles really go at it. You think Dolph would settle for SmackDown champions? Dolph is a universal champion caliber. Not the unified. No, he's not. I, I, I think he's, he's in between that B and C level. He was at an A level at before, but he's that deep talent, solid deep talent, just like Roman Reigns. You know, it's just all right. Okay, well, hey, so I I do have a question for you, James, because I got to know what you think about the returning Bobby Lashley. What do you think about his run in WWE? Oh man, you know, I, I look at it. I hope that they really give the African American superstars. A huge push. Well, they definitely will not do that. I think, I, I, I believe that if they, I, he couldn't be champion. I think, I would love to see him and Lester go at it. Or him and Strowman. <laughs> um, I, 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 I'm a big fan. I just, I hope that they don't do the Ahmed Johnson thing where he's only able to get, you know, an Arcano championship. I really think if they push him, he could be not as big as The Rock. But maybe more like a Ron Simmons type of champion. Okay, um, okay. You know? Let me ask you this. Here's a here's a quick take off the top of your head. 
Tell me three black people, performers in WWE, that have not have a gimmick as a dancer, a rapper, or a generic thug. Can you tell me three off the top of your head, not including Mark Henry? It's tough, ain't it? It's tougher than it should be. Well, okay, so that eliminates street profits and crime time. No, when Kobe, no, I can't say Kobe. He's a gimmick. Wow, it's tough, ain't it? I never thought about that. You, you actually, Corey, you impressed me right there. Nah, I got that from Charles. Be honest with you. Well, let me. I'm gonna hit you with this. We're gonna have you back on the show next week with your answer and what your take is on that. But let me ask you this before we let you go. Right now, give me the top five people that you consider a talent, active, not part-time, right now. Top five. Uh, Sensei. Who? Shinsuke? Yeah. Okay. Uh, AJ Styles. Hey, before you round out your top five, I just want to throw out there, was it, is this global? Does this include New Japan? Just right WWE. Now? Okay. Just WWE. So we have Shinsuke and AJ. I want to go on left field. Um, Shinsuke, AJ, of course, John Cena. He part-timer. Yeah. Part-timer, don't when count. Was, when did we see our last John Cena oh, match? Oh, Bob. Bobby Lash. Bob. You talk about Bob. Bob. Okay. Yeah, huh? Um. See, you know, I can't say. Uh, oh. I'm Bob Ziggler. My man. All right. My man. He made it in ahead of Seth. And. Ah. Uh, Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt? Oh, oh, Daniel, Daniel Bryan. Okay, yeah. Okay, fair enough. I mean, not really the most impressive win streak recently that he's put together, but all yeah, right. He's trash. All right, man. Well, we're going to have you back on the show next week or the week after that. Your top five was horrible, <laughs> but it's your opinion. You were right about Dolph. We appreciate having you on. You want to give everyone a shout out? You got hundreds, thousands of, you have the millions and millions of people listening right now. You want to give a shout out to anybody? Yeah, so I'm a Mark Henry fan. Yeah, Whoa. greatest wrestler ever. Man, don't you got a, don't you got kids? Yeah, but you know. Give a shout out, shout out to the kids. Shout out to the kids. All, All right. right, there we go. Yeah. All right, Jay. shout out Mark, shout out Henry. <laughs> yeah. All right, James, thanks for having being on the show, man. We appreciate you. Thank you. Yep. Have a good. One. <laughs> oh man, I love James. I yeah, miss, James I miss, is awesome. I man. miss having a wrestling. Oh, that was James. fun yeah, with James, sure. man. Always a good time. He's so old school, though. Yeah, he's, that boy needs a time machine. For he's he's kind of cut from the same cloth as me. I'll <laughs> yep. that. I actually went a little. I think I actually go back a little bit deeper than him, even because he's like, he's like, I think he might go back to like the first decade of Raw, but like I actually go back to like. 
the first decade of primetime wrestling television. I think I think you probably go back on the entire product farther than James does. Yeah. But I think as far as laser vision, I think he can tell you more about Mark Henry's career than you could tell me about anyone's career. But you could tell me less about more people's career than he could for everyone's career. Yeah. I'm going to disagree and just say that, like, when it comes to a few guys, like Hogan, Flair, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, and, and actually a few more than that. Like, there's a few others, like, that would fit into that mix, too. <clears throat> but there's a few guys where I could tell you as much or more about their careers as, as he could. Well, I, I can get that, but you're talking about the top, top, top dogs. Yeah. We're talking about oh. Mark Henry. Yeah, but I mean, I saw Brett, I saw Brett, like, win uh, a battle royal at a WrestleMania where, like, he beat Bad News Brown in a battle royal and, like, then... See, I guess this would... Now, maybe this will have to end in a competition between you and James. Mm-hmm. But if I'm just playing in the middle, no favorites... I think you can tell me about a battle royal Bret Hart one that was on the pre-show. I think James could tell you about a battle royal Mark Henry lost when his name was Curtis Slavinston in, in a, a dark, dark match, match before the pre-show of an, of an indie, indie show. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That's where I think James at. But who knows? Maybe we'll have a competition. Yeah, maybe. Always like having James on the show. Absolutely. That was James, man. Yeah, that Good was, guy. That was really cool. Yeah. Um, but in any case... We continue. Yeah. This ball does not stop here at the Close Mark Podcast. Speaking of which, now a good time. You can find us at CTTM Podcast on Twitter. And Facebook.com slash CTTM Podcast. You can email us your thoughts. Close, close to, to Mark Podcast at, at gmail.com. Gmail. Our emails sync up better than our voices do. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's uh, Any of those, we love your input. We love everything. So feel free to reach out to us there. Yeah. But just like Monday Night Raw... The show always goes on, so let's keep it rolling. Yeah, so um, we got the we got the Seth Rollins Dolph Ziggler rematch. Nice thirty minute match, big time. Ended in interference from McIntyre, and then uh, Roman Reigns coming out to make the save. Let me ask you the bigger, biggest question about the match. Yeah, did Dolph Ziggler look, look winded at the end? No, that's why he's going to win. Yeah, but I, I, here's the thing: I don't understand. I and again, I've asked you about this, but Ziggler won. Or, like, did not lose his title in a 30-minute match for the title on Raw. So the way we're going to settle this is to have a 30-minute match for the title at the pay-per-view. I mean... Well, I don't know if it was... I Well, I mean, realistically, if I'm talking somewhere in between kayfabe and real life, close to the mark, I guess, on Raw, you have commercial breaks... On Raw, so there's rest holds. Like I feel like that WWE knows the average viewer understands yeah, that a match on Raw <clears throat> is not just full tilt as a pay per view. But I'm asking the question in a sense, like, like they're not going to talk not, about the fact that it was 30 minutes on Raw ever. But I'm talking about like, let's ask the question in kayfabe: How can Seth Rollins, who couldn't beat Dolph Ziggler in 30 minutes? Like, are we saying he was giving it 80% to try and get his Intercontinental title back because it was raw? Yeah. But, like, why would you give 80% effort to it's get your It's not that I gave 80% effort. It's the crowd only fueled me 
to have 80% to give. Oh. And at the pay-per-view, so when the stage more is energy. Yeah, okay. When the stage is higher, I will be able to do it. I rise up to the occasion yeah. so I can burn it down. That's my kayfabe answer. Okay. My non-kayfabe <laughs> answer is, I don't know. Yeah. 30 minutes is 30 minutes. I mean, I agree, but, but there's rest holds on Raw. You know, and I don't think their match was actually 30 minutes. <clears throat> I think if you counted the entrances and the overrun. And exactly. It was thir- but it's <clears throat> going to be 30 minutes bell to bell. Yeah. Like, I, I, don't think, I don't think that's as big as a flaw as... Like the 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 AJ Shinsuke, no DQ match, so let's give it the same finish. Yeah, you know yeah. I don't think it's as big as a culprit as that is, but I, I think it, I think I think uh, I think like I could see it happening that way though. That's my point is that I could see Thurman draw a thirty minute draw, and like you said, I mean like they're trying to tell the Omega Okada story in Fast Forward, mm-hmm. so. Instead of having them go 60 minutes and then have a draw, you have them go 30 minutes and then have a draw, and then you come back and have a two out of three falls match or something and like Summer that. SummerSlam? Maybe. Is My main question is, is it going to be the main event of the show? Well, no, because the, the certainly the SmackDown title will be defended at SummerSlam. No, I'm talking about Extreme Rules. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, I think the SmackDown title... SmackDown World Titles being defended Extreme Rules. When is the last time the SmackDown World Championship wasn't defended? Headline. Headline. Main event. Um. Well, trick question. Is Roman Reigns on the show? Because Roman Reigns supersedes. Would Roman Reigns versus Bobby Lashley go on before the WWE Championship? Wow, kickback. We got an Intercontinental. Roman here. Intercontinental. Yeah, we're watching an old episode of Raw. We just saw Jason Jordan and uh, Seth Rollins with the tag titles. The old tag titles, too. I don't think he's ever coming back. Jason Jordan? Yeah. I think he'll be back. Either way. I would rather see American Alpha come back and see Chad Gable on main event. And, uh, you know. Main event is trash. Yeah, it is. But I'll tell you why I like. I mean, I'll tell you why I like the fact that it exists. Because although, like, a lot of it is just recapping what happened on Raw, but I can skip that part, like, there's a couple extra wrestling matches, which, you know, it's like three hours of Monday Night Raw wasn't enough to get in five wrestling matches, but I get two bonus matches if I watch main event. You can find some sneaky matches over there in the main event, but I'm never watching it. Nia's eating chicken noodle soup. Yeah. Let's let's talk SmackDown. Um, I think I mentioned last week on the podcast that we were going to get Daniel Bryan versus Eric Rowe. Now, this week we're getting, or last week we got uh, Daniel Bryan versus Luke Harper. Mm -hmm. And fortunately for us, we had the reappearance of Kane. Kane. And the reuniting of Team Hell No. And the announcement that, in fact, I was right. Because at Extreme Rules, it's Team Hell No, which last time I checked, half of that's Daniel Bryan, mm-hmm. versus the Bludgeon Brothers, which last time I checked, half of that's Eric Rowan. So we are, in fact, getting Big Red versus Daniel Bryan. Tall guy, tall guy with a beard. Tell me why you would want to be the continuity editor when you could just be the head writer. I, I, well, I mean, I'll take that what... job, too. 
I mean, but the continuity editor needs to take into account the Bludgeon Brothers walk. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I know. I, mean, <laughs> I kind of think like the the I, I I feel like this show. What we need is we need our own roster for this show. What do you mean? Like we need to go into 2K18 and go into the WWE.com. And we need to build our own roster. We need to book our own show. Our stable. Our guys. Like you and me or Dolph Ziggler and company? Like like, like Dolph Ziggler would definitely be in our stable. Well, he would be the face of it. Yeah. But like if we had to pick, you know, other people. I mean, like we just don't want one wrestler. Like we want, we want other favorites too. That's where we differ. But I get where you can, I can, I can, I can lean towards what you're saying right now. Yeah. But I just have to put it out there as a disclaimer. If it was up to me, Dolph Ziggler every time. Okay. I mean, I just five feel matches like- on Raw. <laughs> only five other people because five are Dolph Ziggler. But I can lean towards you. We can have we can have some people in. The I feel like it'd be fun to have like a stable for the show, and those would be the people we kind of look to. Who's in the Who's in the state? I kind of feel like just because of how we've talked about them. The Bludgeon Brothers got to go in. Both of them? Like, we got to have the Bludgeon Brothers. I feel like they'll they'll be in when they get to the show, but they mm-hmm. always get there right when we're packing up and leaving. Yeah, it's On like... On to the next <clears throat> round. It's like... Uh, Damn like, it! <laughs> when, um... Who was it that was... There was a, uh, a, a talk show host that was, like, constantly supposed <clears throat> to be on a uh, talk show and, like, have a guest on the talk show... And it's like, oh, sorry, they couldn't make it again this week. Oh. We ran out of time. <laughs> yeah, like that. Like right at the end, like, oh, we didn't have time for our last guest that was supposed to be this guy every single week. <laughs> no, um, that's funny. So, um, matches on SmackDown. Rusev beat Xavier Woods, uh, trying to build Rusev for the match against AJ. Um, <clears throat> they killed Rusev. like, And they killed him by not doing anything with him when they needed to. Exactly. Like, he, they had Rusev Day. They had, like, they were selling t-shirts and calendars. They got Lana Day over. It's crazy how <laughs> how slow WWE goes when they have something hot to run with. Mm-hmm. But how fast they go when they have something slow that needs to build. Yeah. It's crazy yeah, like, how much they missed the mark on that. Like, Seth and Ziggler could be a program that really does go for months. Yeah. And it probably will. Let's be honest. Yeah, but but we're but we're gonna we're gonna front load it with lots of decisive titles. Exactly. Matches. Yeah. yeah. The, we're gonna fifty fifty boogie it to the end of the world. Yeah. And then on the other hand, when they got something hot, like they want to prove you can hold something hot enough, but they're just never quite sure. And they then, also want to like they also want to show that the fans cannot dictate who goes over, like. Just because somebody's over with the crowd doesn't mean they're going over. Daniel Bryan. Yeah. So they have to prove that, like, we don't care if they're your favorite wrestler right now. That this doesn't mean they're gonna, it doesn't mean they're going to start winning more matches. And, you know, you prove to the fans that, like, it doesn't matter if they cheer for this guy. When he goes to Saudi Arabia, he's getting put in a casket by The Undertaker. Doesn't matter. Just doesn't matter. Like, that's happening. And then <laughs> eventually you teach the fans that, like, they shouldn't be too concerned with who their favorites are. Zack Ryder is the ultimate example. Yeah, and they shouldn't expect to see that person win. That way, if they do win, it's a surprise and it's a moment. But the problem is... Yeah. But the problem is, you know, like, you get less of a reaction. Yeah. Because 
it's like what Meltzer said about why Omega Okada wound up being seven stars at Dominion. Like they told the story over enough time that both wrestlers and the match all built to the exact same moment when something needed to happen. Exactly. It happened. Exactly. And WWE won't do that. Impossible. Um, so as another example of that, we got the debuting Sanity losing to Jeff Hardy and the Usos. Nice. Remember how important teamwork <clears throat> is? Well, these guys just became a team because they don't mention their NXT days. Right. And they just come out. I'm actually wondering, like, does it hurt you to lose your debut match? I don't think you should lose your debut match. Well, we've talked about, like, would you rather lose your debut match to a megastar or win, or win against somebody? But, you know, not, not at that level. Yeah, exactly. And me personally, I always say I would rather lose. I'd rather lose the megastar, but I'd rather be a bum than lose to a B. Yes. You know, I'd rather and be a And in this case, like, I'm sorry, but the Usos are not the tag champions. Jeff Hardy is the U.S. champion. So I'm going to put them as, like, a, a flat B or B- minus as, yeah. a, as a six-man tag team. Exactly. And Sanity that's been doing six-man tags for actually years. like a couple of years, but we can't talk about that. But they're not as good as a six-man tag team. They are not as good as a six-man unit as this six-man unit just we just threw together. got put together out of the blue. Yeah. Um, Becky Lynch defeated Sonya Deville. And then Next. We, we got the James Ellsworth uh, um, segment with uh, Asuka. Um, so Cringe. We're going to have a match tonight uh, as we record this podcast between Ellsworth and Asuka. Um, we got Cien Almas and Zelina Vega talking about killing Sin Cara. Um, Sin Cara was on main event, so he's not dead. Um, Shout out to Zelina. Yeah, but I saw somebody post this on uh, Squared Circle actually today. What was the point of calling up Andrade Cien Almas from NXT? He hasn't had a match, I don't think. I don't think he's had a real match yet. So he travels with the team. But paycheck. Yeah. Well done. And we talked about uh, Daniel Bryan versus Luke Harper. We got to the point where Daniel Bryan put the um, the yes lock mm-hmm. on Harper. The tap out presumably was inevitable, but Rowan came in to make the save, and that's when we got your next mayor of Knox County, Tennessee, through hellfire and brimstone, came out to make the save for his little buddy Daniel Bryan. Who said the end would more often, corporate Kane or the demon Kane? Corporate. I agree. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I agree. Um, or Mayor Kane. Mayor Kane? Matt- Mayor Kane will set, like, it'll be like one of those, the debt counters for the national <laughs> debt. It's going up. Where it's just you constantly just numbers going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so, uh, 205 Live had some had some highlights. Leo Rush debuted. I saw him. Yeah. He's quick and smooth. Super did, I don't know. Nobody talked about this. The announcing team didn't talk about this. His opponent literally never laid a hand on him. Really? Yeah. Like I saw when he was doing the running the ropes and he would just juke the dude. He would just go left. I didn't like that. I wasn't a fan of that either. It looked. I saw a lot of people gave it love on Squared Circle. Yeah. It looked weird. It did look weird. 
it looked it like awkward. that dude. Yeah, it looked like that dude definitely could have just like usually you're you're gonna shoulder charge that man. Yeah, you know it looked. I see what they were going for. Like he's just so elusive. And he so also quick. like yeah, and he also was still like close enough that I could have grabbed him. Exactly. Like, like it, they just broke the suspension of disbelief hugely. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was, it was, it was weird. Yeah, but it was, he he is smooth though. You can't take nothing from that man. Yeah, I want to see him versus uh, TJP. I think it'll be good. I think that'll be an excellent match. I hope they give those guys like really give them time. Yeah, like what those, here's what those guys need, and it's this is the this is the biggest downfall of 205 Live is that, like 205 Live is a great opportunity occasionally to have these 30 minute main event matches. I worry whether Leo Rush or uh, TJP would be considered worthy of that amount of time. If those two guys were on an NXT takeover, and you see, have- I don't want an NXT takeover. I want, I want it a quarterly. I want a real pay per view of it. I would love that. I would love. Heck, I would love to have a twice a year two hundred five live pay per view. Yeah, just something there. going on. I would put it in that mega gap between. Where they just had the huge gap between, was it back? No, it was payback yeah. and money in the bank. That six-week gap? Yeah. Put it in the middle of that. Yeah, and throw another one in there in the, you know, the... Between the Rumble and the WrestleMania. WrestleMania. Yeah, where you Well, already, no, because that would be in a month and a half. Well, no, but you already have, like... It seems like you already have 12 pay-per-views between the Rumble and WrestleMania. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, you could put it in the you could put it in the fall. There's some dead time in the fall, November, December. There's not a whole lot going on. Yeah, I think it should just be the it should be the the NXT takeover equivalent to like the MSG special. Yeah, you got the MSG show on that Saturday or Sunday or whatever. This is the day before that one. Mm-hmm. Like, make a weekend of that one too. Um, Tozawa beat Tony Nice. Um, Tony Nice right now is kind of Buddy Murphy's protege. Yeah. Um, Tozawa got um the win in the match, which I thought was interesting because I feel like Tony Nice, it seems like being Buddy Murphy's buddy would, you know, get a little bit more elevated. And Tazawa was kind of in a weird spot since he and Itami broke up, and now Itami is just about number one contender. Mm-hmm. So I guess they kind of did it to give a little bit back to Tazawa for losing that program with his partner. Um, Leo Rush defeated Davy James. Like I said, Davy James actually never put a hand on um, Leo Rush. And then we got, I swear, like people, this is the reason to watch 205 Live. Charles is like a missionary for 205 Live. I am. Because He'll come knocking at your door with a DVD. I'll go, I'll go door to door and tell people, here's my cell phone. Don't worry, I have unlimited data. We're, I just need a battery pack or an outlet or something <laughs> like that. And we're gonna watch. We're gonna watch three luchadors in a six-man tag. Which, if you're any, if you know lucha libre at all, like six-man tag team matches are like the bread and butter of lucha libre. Like mm-hmm. that's how they roll. So we're gonna watch Grand Metalik, Kalisto, and Lince Dorado versus three super technicos, three super not faces, not not technicos in the babyface sense. But three super technical, don't high fly move guys, Gulak, Kendrick, and Gallagher. It was such an incredible match. It was an elimination six-man tag team match. Mm -hmm. And, of course, the right way to tell that story is the heels get a surprise win early. So now it's three on two. Mm -hmm. And what are the baby faces going to do? Because they're at a one-man disadvantage. 
And somehow those two baby faces managed to eliminate one of the other team members. So now it's back to even odds, two on two. Problem is, it's been three on two for a while. So you've been getting your butts kicked by the three opponents. So even though it's kind of back to even now and it's two on two again, you've been getting killed for the last 10 minutes. Numbers wise, it's even. Momentum is not. Damage is not. So, So then you get the second elimination on the babyface team, and now it's two on one. Now the odds are really stacked up against the one babyface you have left. And this is just classic storytelling. I mean, it's like there's no way he can win, right? Roll up on the first one, submit the second one. But then he gets that critical win. He gets that critical Salida del Sol out of nowhere that allows him to get the unexpected pin while the partner is outside the ring and can't come in to make the save. And now it's one-on-one. And now it's 25 minutes into the match, and now everybody's hurting. So it doesn't matter how much of an advantage you've had. Now I'm hyped up. I just got my win. It's one-on-one. Now you got to fight me. And now, surprisingly, Drew Gulak, who's the best technical wrestler in WWE, still manages to get the Gulak on. And in the process, not only does he make you tap out, but he does it because he's so... Oh, he's so dirty as like a tactician. He pulls your mask off and to a luchador, sacred, cannot have the mask taken off. Your only choice, instead of being able to defend yourself, is to cover up your face. And since you're covering up your face, you can't defend yourself against the gulag. He wraps you up and makes you tap. I mean, it's such great storytelling. Like, that's... If we had... If we had... Five matches that followed pure basic wrestling storytelling like that every week on Raw and SmackDown, I believe they'd have 30% more viewers within a month. Because I think I think <coughs> people would go nuts over how good the product, the actual wrestling product was again. And, and people would hear like, hey, if you remember the WCW days when you had all the great luchadors like making the show awesome. And you had like Chris Jericho versus Juventude and Eddie Guerrero versus Dean Malenko. You had all these crazy like luchador versus technician style matches that were just unbelievable. If you told people like those days are back and you actually put it on your flagship television programming, it would kill, but it's on 205 Live. I mean, I'm not. I don't like two or five live as much as you. I agree that they have good matches and everything, but I almost feel like I lean more towards Vince as the production in the show outdo the wrestling. But see, I think and those you, guys I don't think are the best showmanshippers. But I'm telling you, like I will say, you put that match as far as its in-ring storytelling up against any angle. Like, I mean, that, the, the, the in-ring storytelling in that match, it's such archetypal babyface versus heel multi-man elimination storytelling. Like, it's been going on forever. It's what War Games was built on. It's what everything. I mean, I understand that, but. But put that up against Sasha and Bailey getting counseling. What would somebody rather see? Agreed, but you're not going to do it week after week after week after week after week after week after week. But you always love that they do do that. But but they do it every week. 
Exactly. So there's no build. That's why there's not a pay-per-view for them. Because it's supposed there's no payoff because there's always the payoff. But this, no, but I mean, like, you have to look at, like, where where we stand in this ongoing saga has been Gulak beating, beating Lince Dorado, beating Grand Metalik, eventually beating... Uh, Kalisto, yeah, but beat him when they were—he was down two to one. But and he, he beat both of he them. He beat them all in individual matches, and then he finally reassembled his whole crew, and he was able to beat the whole all three of them. Exactly. So why would they fight a pay per view? Well, that Just I mean, there is exactly like you said, there is no pay per view. So this is where the decisive match was. This would have been a pay per view match. But that's what I'm saying. But they don't have the production quality, the showmanship, to to to. To make it worthwhile to build it to a pay-per-view. It would have been better than any match on the last couple pay-per-views we've watched. Even, I think that the, the, the promo videos before these matches make bad matches good. And I don't think the promo videos would be good there. I mean, I think... Like, like the why they, they're fighting. See, they're not being directed by Vince McMahon. Like, well, that's being, why you got your great technical match because of that. Yeah. But I, I lean towards Vince and the idea... Caring about why they fight is just as big a piece of the equation as the fight itself. Yeah. And I don't think those dudes, the main roster does B on why they fight and B on the fight itself. And the 205 Live do F or D on why they fight and A on the fight itself. The average is higher on the main roster. But I think it's just more your cup of tea because you like the actual wrestling matches. And Vince them, himself, and you can vouch for this just more than anyone I know of, Vince is a sports entertainer. Yeah, he would rather have the Ultimate Warrior than, uh, than the Bret Hart. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I see where you're coming from, but I can understand why they don't take that route, and I can even say I'm inclined to agree with it because I'm a sucker for the production quality. Yeah, I like technical wrestling. I do. You know, but if there's no if there's no quality into it, this is the origin of get these hands right now. You can get off these apron or you can get these hands. Is it good is it too late? Oh, two seconds. Two seconds too late. Hold on. This is for everyone at home. We might get in trouble for playing this. Uh just play a short clip. Yeah. It's this is for uh review purposes. Fair use. Look, you got two options, you cheerleader. You're either gonna stand on the floor and shut your mouth, or you're gonna get in this ring and get these hands like your partner. <laughs> the origin story. He didn't get these know. hands. According to what I've heard, he didn't even know what he was saying. He was just saying something. He was just actually going out there. Yeah, like he just said that. So that's actually remember that N-word, Connor? Yeah. Skyrocketed that. Yeah. If that's just in his blood. Cause that's that's I mean let me let me make sure I use proper words. Get these hands is an urban catchphrase. Oh, if that if that make if does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that has been uh uh something been said in in the I've urban heard I've heard I've heard of somebody saying you're gonna catch these hands, catch these hands, get these hands, feel these hands, yeah. throw these hands. I've heard throw hands. I'm a, well, if you throw hands, someone's gotta catch them. Yeah. You know, if I'm throwing them, you're catching them. Yeah. 
You know, so if I'm gonna throw hands with you, <clears throat> all right. Well, let's let's run through NXT real quick this week. Right. Um, so I'm not entirely ready to talk about it because I've been trying to catch up on. Uh, and when I say it, what I'm referring to is I've been trying to catch up on the UK Championship tournament. I've seen the whole first night of the tournament um, where Zach Gibson uh, goes through three matches and uh, the um, he beats in the final, he beats um, the mod guy, um, the guy who looks like Elton John, essentially. Um, I haven't been found the UK tournament. That well, so I, um, I watched the first night of it. Um, it was, it was good. I mean, the, a lot of the, a lot of the guys are very, very talented wrestlers. Yeah. So there were some good matches. Uh, Joe Coffey, I liked, I thought he did a good job. Um, um, Zach Gibson was pretty good. Um, there were, there were one or two others that kind of stood out to me. Um, and I started watching the second night. Um, I watched the first night. I saw the six-man tag with the Undisputed Era versus British Strong Style. That was a great match. Mm-hmm. I mean, people have talked about how great that match was. Yeah, yeah. And I'm on to night two where uh, we're going to get the tag team title changing hands. No spoiler now because it's already aired. Yeah. Um, and, and NXT's already aired with... Mustache Mountain coming out, having beaten Roderick Strong and Kyle O'Reilly of Real the Speed Era for the tag team titles. Um, this week on NXT, we got Tommaso Ciampa coming out to interrupt Aleister Black and tell him the Gargano fairy tale's over, so I'm on my way for your title. Mm-hmm. We got um, Vanessa Bourne cutting a promo on Kyrie Sane. We got Kona Reeves winning another squash match. Kona Reeves... Still not impressing me. Um, here's a here's a photo of him dropping the million dollar elbow that the million dollar man used to drop. Mm-hmm. Something about how small Kona Reeves is for a guy who's so tall. Like yeah, it's weird. It's like lanky. He is very lanky. Yeah, he like is. he's he's got a little he's bit of muscular funny. definition, but he's got a very small build for pro wrestling. He's like he looks like a very very malnourished mm-hmm. Velveteen Dream. Yeah, I can see that. And Velveteen Dream a little bit on the skinny side anyway. Exactly. Uh, Candice LeRae beat Lacey Evans with a lion salt that people said was better than Jericho's. I disagree. She got more height, but I didn't think her form was quite as good as Jericho's. Um, But, you know, who's going to argue semantics? It was a very good match. Mm -hmm. Um, After the match, Gargano, he said Candice LeRae is still his favorite wrestler, but he didn't have a whole lot of passion for it. Almost like he didn't care about his wife as much as he cared about Tommaso Ciampa. And he said he'd fight Tommaso Ciampa anywhere. He said this thing wasn't over between them. So Tommaso Ciampa's done. He's ready to move on, ready to go for the world title. Gargano, still obsessed. And obsessed to the point this almost seems like it's taking over his life. Well, man, um, through his wedding ring. Yeah. You know, he like made it about his life. Yeah. Um, so um, Mustache Mountain came out and uh, Undisputed. They Mustache Mountain had a match scheduled. Um, non-title match, but the Undisputed Era, not only did they run out onto the ramp, they took out uh, the the Mustache Mountain's opponents and inserted themselves into the situation. Um, It was three on two for a little while there, but Ricochet came out to make the save for Mustache Mountain. So we got a a six-man on NXT as well this week. Mm -hmm. We had uh, Mustache Mountain, which is uh, Tyler Bate and Trent Seven, as well as Ricochet, 
versus O'Reilly Strong and Adam Cole, baby. <clears throat> um, and uh, great match. Uh, tons and tons and tons of back and forth. Um, and um, there was a surprise ending uh, where Ricochet was going for an attack outside the ring against Adam Cole. Roderick Strong picked up Ricochet for a suplex outside the ring, but halfway through the suplex, turned it into a throwing slam on the corner of the ring apron and absolutely murdered uh, Ricochet. I mean, like, like you think the pop-up powerbomb is a scary-looking move? Like, this was innovative levels of scary, oh. what he did. Threw, threw um, Ricochet back in the ring, and Undisputed Era picked up the win. Nice. So, um, at some point, I will um, finish up the UK tournament. And, you know, apologies. Like, the difference between this show and, you know, your Meltzer shows and your Alvarez shows and all your other podcasts that are produced by people who write and review about wrestling for a paycheck, we still have to go out. And yeah, we're just giving you our time when we got it. Yeah, this is all free, and this is all, like, us putting our time and resources into making this show. Yeah. And in order to get those resources, to get the network and the uh, the New Japan World subscription and the, the Honor Club subscription, all these other things, like, we got to go out and put time into work, and, uh, you know, that means we don't have seven hours a day to watch wrestling. Exactly. So we got to pick our spots and we got to pick out like, you know, Hey, one night we'll, we'll watch the Hulu version of raw so we can actually fit it in the schedule. Yep. But um, the good news is the machine stays on. So we always do end up catching up. Yeah. Um, Bobby Roode, uh, did a, uh, debut on, um, main event fun match. Gable defeated Mike Kanellis, who I, I know we haven't talked about, uh, Mike Kanellis in a little while, except to say he's been MIA. Mm-hmm. Um, he he showed up uh, where Chad Gable's now been relegated to main event. Um, they had a pretty decent match. Gable got the win. Then you got Bobby Roode and Brizango versus uh, Kurt Hawkins of the Ascension, which mm-hmm. was a little bit of an interesting pairing. Um, I actually really enjoyed the match. It was fun spots. Uh, one of the best spots was uh, Bobby Roode was getting ready to do the glorious uh, hit. No, the glorious hip shake. And, oh yeah, yeah. And uh, Fandango stopped him, gave him the fashion police police cap yeah. to put on first, and then do it. And then he did it, and then he hit the glorious DDT on Kurt Axel and got the pin. Um, Connor, I think, of the Ascension is the bigger of the two. I believe so. Yeah, he's huge. Big dude, yeah. He's gained like, I mean, he's gained yeah, he's like gained fifty weight. pounds, and it looks like it's all muscle. He's in uh, in in the words of Booker T. Booker T. He's looking real Jack, baby. <laughs> um, and I don't know. I mean, we can we can save Raw for this week, this coming Sunday show, or we can go over it. I think we should do the review on Sunday. Do the review for this week's Raw yeah, on Sunday. Got a couple of things here just to wrap up. You know, just talk about as far as everything we got. Yeah. You think we're gonna see uh, Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, in WWE in the calendar of 2018? Okay. <clears throat> Um, the Young Bucks, I don't think the Young Bucks are going to go to WWE. I think all of them are. I don't think the Young Bucks... Cash machine for both sides. I don't think the Young Bucks will go. I think the Young Bucks believe that they can earn more with the many, many, many independent bookings that they'll take for a high fee. 
And I think they might actually be right. No way. Because between the way they're booked on New Japan and Ring of Honor and so many other shows and how much merchandise they sell doing it, I think they're pretty strong earners. And, you know, they say, like, you can be a top guy on the independent scene and make so much money. If you're just like a mediocre guy on WWE, you don't make that much. And they are top guys on the independent scene. But they are – Nick and Matt Jackson would be – tiny men in the land of giants if they got to WWE. And I don't think Vince McMahon would make them top guys. I think they would. But who cares if you're a top guy if your contract pays you this amount? They're going to negotiate their contracts based on what they currently make. There's pictures of those guys holding like four championship titles all at the same time. They're not going to make You don't think it matters to them like how they're used? No. No. Well, hold on. I think the fair answer is yes, but I think the real answer is to a point. Right you think now, Vince McMahon is going to throw enough money at them with the $500 million that he's spending on the XFL that they don't care if they dress out. him out as a clown? Who cares? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I difference. know that number exists for everybody. Sure, the number exists, but the question is, like, are you willing to... When you won't pay for... So... Health insurance for the entire XFL is costing Vince McMahon apparently $10 million. Yep. He doesn't pay for health insurance for WWE, which makes him billions. No, I understand that. So but I'm why saying... is he going to pay a ta- one tag team? Like, he won't pay $10 million for health insurance for his wrestlers. This is an investment, man. The, the WWE machine makes stupid amount of money. You would think health insurance for his wrestlers would be an investment because it would mean they work, like, less hurt. and But they work anyways right now. I, you know, if you get more dates a year out of them. You can't. There's not, you can't get more dates. Well, I mean, like. The boys are working their tails off. I'm saying that there's no chance. Right now, when people say they can make good money, they can make good money compared to take how much you make divided how many days you work. That number might be higher on the, for the independent scenes than the mid-card WWE. Okay, but so when you compare the bottom line at the end, the WWE fat number is much larger. Let me get to part B of the question then. Kenny Omega. Absolutely. I think he'll go to WWE at some point. Will it be, 2019. I think he will lose the title at Wrestle Kingdom if he's asked to do that, and that will be in January. So will Royal Rumble. I could see that. And I think uh I think I would imagine his contract goes to Wrestle Kingdom anyway. So, Omega, do I see him going this year? No. Do I see him going next year? Yes. I still am seeing with the with the WWE okay that E3 event with the Elite versus the Oh, I mean, New they're Day. definitely trying to build some bridges. Yeah. WWE's but he's doing uh, uh, Hideo Itami performing at a NOAA event. Yes, I get all that. But what I'm saying is... If they're in cahoots, I think the entire bridge is going to be revolved around the fact that Chris Jericho has an Intercontinental Championship. I think it's going to be New Japan Intercontinental Championship. I mean, there's Bullet Club members in WWE right now. There's quite a few of them. Well, I know that, but they're not real Bullet Club members. They're the club members. They're not strictly acknowledging the Bullet Club yet. Yeah, but when they get back together, like, they are in... Well, I understand that, of course. But I'm saying is that's where the bridge is going to start. But I, I think it's going to be an invasion type angle. Yeah, well, I'd love it. I think it'd be great. 
Uh, Cody. Cody Rhodes will be back as well. Not this he's year. all about the money. Not this year. Kenny Omega will debut in calendar year 2018, and so will the Young Bucks. I think Cody Rhodes will debut. Well, like I said with Omega, I really genuinely believe that his contract was renewed at Wrestle Kingdom. No, I'm with you there. So, I think it's going to be worked out between the two of them to let it happen. Like just, Brock Lesnar UFC. So you think he'll debut on WWE before Wrestle Kingdom? I do. Okay. I think in the calendar year 2018, I think we might have Intercontinental. We might have Chris Jericho wins the Intercontinental match, wins, wins the Intercontinental Championship, goes to Wrestle Kingdom with both Intercontinental Championships. Like, we'll see stuff like that. I think Cody, we're going to see Cody hasn't done all in yet, so we have no idea if there would be immediate plans for an all in two. He also hasn't won the NWA title yet, which is something he cannot do in WWE. He does. You're putting, I think you're putting way more stake in accolades versus paycheck. At, at your job, would you rather someone say congratulations or would you rather someone pay you? What would you choose? Here's the one thing. Answer that question. What would you choose? Here's the one thing. I'll Answer say. the question. Well, he can do both because he can, can get he? paid for winning the NWA title. What? But he would get paid more at WWE. So he's not going to stick around for someone to say, great job, man. Awesome. Or he can skip all that and go directly to the paycheck. And I'm saying some things may override that. And the fact that he, Cody Rhodes, could win his father's championship before he goes back to WWE. I think that means nothing. I, I think it means a lot. I think there's a reason that he's been working with the NWA team prior to to the recent Ring of Honor pay-per-view and prior to All In. Time will tell. Yeah. Time will tell. um, So, um, oh, uh, one last thing we absolutely have to talk about um, is the um, close-to-the-mark entrance theme tournament that's taking place right now on Facebook and Twitter. Mm -hmm. Um, So... This is uh this is actually um a really cool project to have worked on and um I can tell you that a lot of effort has gone into it. Um so if um if I can pull up somewhere right around here, I've got um the full bracket. Um I think it's here in my phone, but I'm I'm trying to find it real quick for you guys. Um what we've done is we've put together what in our deliberation have been judged the 64 greatest entrance themes of all time. And it was hard to include one or two, and it was certainly hard to leave out an awful lot of them. Um, there's a lot of themes that could have argued uh, for their place in the tournament, uh, that we did not include, um, but um, you know, we we picked out the sixty-four that we definitely felt had to be in, and having done that, um, we on Corey's advice, I originally had ranked them sort of as I thought, um, you know, was going to be the the way to do it. We seeded them one through sixty-four, and, and let the voting commence. So what I did originally was to try and tell stories of, you know, this wrestler versus this wrestler and who can go from from this bracket and this bracket and tell interesting stories. 
but what we ended up doing was we went actually by win-loss percentage um, and career wins to match up opponents by seeding. So, of course, like you have the number one seed, the NWO, just because of the talent pool that's in it, uh, the number two seed, the Shield, mm-hmm. uh, versus, you know, um, the Reverend Slick from the uh, from the 80s uh, WWE um, and uh, who is the number 63 seed here, if I can tell? Jinder. Jinder came in at number 63. So the, for the first week of the tournament, um, we had uh, eight matchups um, that took place on Twitter and on Facebook. And we've already had a great uh, fan voting to determine who would be the survivors, who would move on in the tournament, um, each bracket closing. So I know I've got the Twitter results in front of me. Um, I think the Facebook results hold pretty close to this. NWO took out uh, Slick's Jive Soul Bro with the NWO theme. Yep. Uh, I Won't Do What You Tell Me beat um, three minutes for three-minute warning. Yep. So Stone Cold moves forward. Metalingus from Edge beats One of a Kind from Rob Van Dam. Uh, that was that. That one was a tiebreaker. Okay. On Facebook, it was a tie. So that. So one... Twitter means uh, that uh, Edge moves on to the next round. Yep. We got Break the Walls Down from Jericho beating Bret Hart's Heart Attack. Yep. Uh, Just close your eyes from Christian beat uh, Common Man Boogie. I think that actually went the other way on Facebook. Went the it? other way on Facebook. How many votes uh, does it show you? How many votes? For Three each? votes total. So it means it's two. That, one. that means it's total three to two. Christian goes over Dusty Rhodes. Wins Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes. Um, I was really surprised to see that Loaded for the Hardy Boys went over Shinsuke's Rising Sun. Yeah. Metal from Kurt Angle beat Lita. Uh, Love, Fury, Passion, Energy. Glorious from Bobby Roode. This is an arguable upset. Glorious beat Brock Lesnar's next big thing. On to the next round. So Lesnar is out, and Bobby Roode moves on to the next round of the <laughs> tournament. Glorious. So, guys, at CTTM Podcast on Twitter, facebook.com slash CTTM Podcast, you can vote in the tournament to decide who has the greatest wrestling entrance theme of all time. Not only that, but if you email us your tournament bracket at close to the mark podcast at gmail.com, if you make all your predictions correct and you have the ultimate winner of the tournament, you will win a year of the WWE Network. Straight cash, homie. Yep. So make sure you enter. Make sure you vote. That's it for us this week. We'll be back on Sunday with the next episode of Close to the Mark. See you. Have a week.